Hello there. I'm just going to begin this episode by telling it like it is. The reality is, people suck at relationships. It's not that I blame all people for this. I mean, look at our school system. We teach 13 straight years of things like math and science and English and geography and history, and not one day on relationships, even though they are the heart of life and also the most difficult part of life. Also, the miscommunication that happens in relationships it's so extreme, it's a wonder that we can manage relationships at all. We're basically left in a guessing game. I have no idea how to make this relationship good. I have no idea how to make this happy. What the hell is a secure relationship? And if you don't have that information, basically what you're doing is watching your parents and hoping that they got it right, which, trust me, they didn't. So basically, we end up totally screwed. But today, I'm about to end a lot of that guessing game for you. I want you to consider that the minute that you enter into a relationship, there are now three entities in that relationship. One is you, the other is the other person that you're in a relationship with, and the third entity is the relationship itself. At any given time, the energy can be fed from either of you in the relationship into one of these entities. So your energy could be going towards yourself, towards the other person, or towards the relationship. Now, sometimes energy that's focused on the relationship bleeds over and feeds one of the people in the relationship. This is especially the case when, by doing that, we take pressure off of one person or the other person. However, this isn't usually the case. It's not usually the case that when you give energy to the third party in this situation, which is the relationship, that it bleeds over and feeds energy into either partner. And this is one of the biggest problems that we have in relationships, is one of the people in the relationships, or both potentially, feeling like they are not nourished enough or fed with enough loving energy in the relationship. And I'm going to tell you that there are three reasons why this is the case. The first is that we are putting lots of energy into the relationship, but not into the other person we are in the relationship with. The second is we're putting lots of energy towards things we think are for the other person, but they don't feel loved that way. So essentially there's a miscommunication about what feeds the other person with love. Or three, and this is the extreme rarity, one person in the relationship is genuinely uninterested in giving and is only interested in taking from the relationship and from the other person. This is a parasitic relationship and not a symbiotic one. But because this last scenario where somebody's just wanting to feed off this is the extreme rarity, more often than not, if we're in a relationship where we feel like one person is self-centered or is getting all of the attention or whatever, it is usually because either we are feeding all of our energy into that third entity of the relationship, or the energy that we're thinking that we're feeding towards the other person isn't how the other person actually receives love. So it's basically a miscommunication. Okay, so getting out of this conundrum is a two-part process, and I promise you, you're gonna love this. The first part of this process is, each of you in the relationship are going to go your separate directions and with a piece of paper on your computer, you're gonna make a list of all the things that the other person could do for you, specifically for you, that make you feel nourished and make you feel loved. Then what you're going to do is you're gonna rank each one of them from one to 10. 10 being, this is the most important thing to me, that's just a total job rock, like dropper, wow, like, I love that, right? And one being, it matters to me, but it's not the top of my priority in terms of how I feel loved. Then you're going to rearrange them 
So your top priority things, the things that are listed 10, are at the top, the 9, 8, 7, and so on and so forth. So that when you give this list to your loved one, which you will be doing, they have a list of the things that they can do specifically for you that make the most maximum impact. Here's the trick about how to rate this list, though. The best way to write this list is in third person instead of first person. So instead of sending them a list saying, you could do this for me, say, you could do this thing for Teal, if it was me in the circumstance. So you have a little bit of an understanding how this goes. I'm just going to give you the list that I made. 10. Buy her gifts that say I care for no other reason than that you love her. 10. Take her on a date that you plan by surprise. 10. Put effort into holidays, family days, and community gatherings that create tradition. Even though this is mostly for the family relationship, it means a lot because it takes pressure off of her if you're driving the togetherness ship. 10. Help her through her anxiety in the morning. Help her process issues with other people. 10. Help her set up and devise ways to create passive income. 10. Be a gentleman. This means opening doors, carrying things, walking on the street side of the walkway, helping her around with her jacket, leading her with your hand, or being attuned to her state and needs as if she were a prized possession. 10. Make sure she's protected. Shielded from unnecessary problems. Lock up the house at night. Make sure she's safe wherever she goes. 10. Become a teal swan expert. Really put effort into understanding her and her inner world. 9. Take her to ballet or opera. 9. Act excited and enthusiastic when she creates something or does something that she's passionate about. It's a way to say I really care. 7. Hold her tummy. 8. Take her to a restaurant, but specifically for her, not let's just go get food. 8. Tell her she's beautiful. 8. Keep your beard shaved so the stubble doesn't hurt her face. 8. If you know she's struggling with something or wanting to get into something, put the initiative forward to make it happen or to get her help with it or to do it. 7. Foot rubs. 7. Stop by Whole Foods and get a smorgasbord of things and bring it home for dinner for her. 7. Hug her from behind. 6. Plan a romantic getaway where the things that are done on that getaway are for her. 6. Do something to make the house even more beautiful, like a project you know she'd love. 5. Love notes. 5. Take her to dance class. 4. Take her to do art somewhere. 3. Make a rose petal bath. 3. Pack a picnic and take her somewhere to eat it. 3. Send her sweet texts during the day. 2. Drive her places that she needs to go so she feels supported and not on her own. So that gives you some understanding about what this list might look like. You want to make it as long as you can possibly make it because you want to, when you give the other person this list, have them be able to look through it, a huge list of things, and have the opportunity to choose off that list. Now, step two of this process is that you guys are going to exchange lists and have a conversation about each item on this list. From there, and this is where this step two gets really, really interesting. <laughs> Now, you are going to expose to the other person in the relationship the things you feel like you do for them. Now, I know this is hard for some people. When I do this with couples, sometimes they go totally blank and they're like terrified, basically, to tell the other person. But for the sake of the exercise, I want you to pretend that you're just talking to a neutral like third party. You're not talking to your partner. You're talking to somebody who's just dropping in and wants to know, what are the things you do for this other person, specifically for them? When you write this list down, you're going to share it with each other. And with each item on the list, you get to say whether that does actually make sense that it's for you or whether that doesn't feel like the case at all. In other words, you're going to tell each other whether you actually feel like that thing that they listed is giving to you 
or not. Here's an example that I like to use because it does such a good job of highlighting the difference between the perception that some people have about what's giving and other people. For most women, sex is in fact a transaction. It's something that they give to men so that they can get relationship security. So let's pretend in this circumstance that a guy listed, I make love to you is something that he gives to and does for the woman that he's with. Most women in the scenario are gonna be like, no, like hell no, sex is not for me. Let's just get this straight. The reason that I do it is because basically if I'm honest, it's trying to get that transaction. So it's me giving to you in fact, but the benefit I get out of it is relationship security. So obviously there's an issue. She's not gonna feel loved by him when he gives her sex. That's one of those common misunderstandings. We can debate the health of this state of being later, but for the sake of this episode, a man could feel like he's giving to her when in fact she feels like she's giving to him. So often when we're in relationships where both parties feel like the other one is self-centered, what we find is that both of them are doing things that they think is for the other person, but at the same time. I'll give you an example. I was working with a couple and what they did is go running in the morning together. Now, the man listed going running with her as something that he does for her. On her list, she listed going running with him as something that she does for him. And they were completely shocked when they shared this list and both were like, wait, wait a minute, I'm doing that for you. And he's like, wait, 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 I'm doing it for you. So they're both extending energy towards each other, convinced that the other person is self-centered because they're just never really fully happy with how much they're being given to. <laughs> On that same list, the husband listed going to art fairs as something he does for her, and she listed it as something she does for him. By the end of the day, each person felt depleted by the other, and it was because they were spending energy towards the other person in ways the other person didn't actually want it. So when they figured this out, they stopped running together, and they agreed that if they went to art fairs, they would do it with the mentality that it was mutually interesting, not giving to the other on either of their parts. Their focus then turned towards what things they could do specifically for each other that would have maximum impact. So what you find when you do this is that lots of time and effort is being spent running up against a brick wall. And instead, by stopping that losing strategy, the space is actually there to put energy in things that actually do work, that actually do have a loving impact on others. And often they require much less effort as well. Sometimes when we do something for another person in the relationship, it's something that we like, and so we're actually getting a benefit out of it as well. That's like the best case scenario. This happens often when somebody's doing something for the other person, but they actually really do like doing that thing too. So it's like I give to you and I give to me at the same time. Awesome if that's the case. But I'm gonna tell you a little bit of a trick here, and I want this to change the way you think about relationships. When you feed your energy and your focus and your loving attention into doing something specifically for the other person that you're in a relationship with, that automatically feeds the third party, which is the relationship itself. So let's think of it this way. When you feed the baby, if you were to be able to directly feed a baby inside of a mother's womb, it wouldn't feed the mother. But if you feed a mother when she's pregnant with a baby, it automatically feeds that baby. That's how it works with people and relationships. So the most wonderful hack you can use to make a secure relationship or a relationship that's nourished is for both people to be feeding energy towards each other in the relationship. 
This means feed them with energy and do loving things for them specifically and in a direct way, not an indirect way. An example of an indirect way of showing love to people in relationships can be easily highlighted through a common scenario which happens with men and their families. So men may pour all of their focus and energy into their work because in their mind they're thinking, okay, I'm doing all of this and earning all of this money and making so much out of my career for my family. But it's making no impact whatsoever because in order to do that, he has to be gone all the time. He's not focusing on them when he's around them. And so what would actually make more of a maximum impact for love for his family is if he, say, schedules a day a week where he literally puts the phone down and all of his focus is on his family and on his wife. Now, this is an example of loving someone in an indirect way, and we do that kind of thing all the time. We must consider that the way we're giving to someone is not the way that they receive. We have to strategize ways to do things for the other person and organize our lives so that we're giving to our partner and that the way that we're giving is something that they value and receive. Sometimes this changes day to day. Obviously, we have to be tuned in enough to know what's going to make the most loving impact at any given moment. For example, let's say that I wake up and I have the flu. I'm sick. On the top of my list, I may have going to a movie theater listed as a level 10 need for feeling loved in a relationship. But obviously, if I'm feeling sick and I have the flu, and whoever I'm in a relationship comes in and says, let's go to the movies, it's actually going to make me feel less loved. Because the message that he just gave me is, I'm not even tuned in to you enough to know how bad you're doing. And I'm so not tuned in that I can't even understand that right now in this moment, what would make a bigger maximum impact in terms of loving you would be sitting on the couch watching a movie with you at home and bringing you soup. For more information about developing the capacity to attune to people, watch my video titled Attunement, the Key to a Good Relationship. So this is a long-winded way of basically saying it is absolutely critical that you get clear in your relationships, especially your partnerships, about the following. What you are doing for yourself, what they are doing for themselves, what you are doing for them, what they are doing for you, and what both of you are doing for the third party in this scenario, which is the relationship. I don't want you to make this a tit-for-tap type of relationship. It isn't that, and that's not what this is about, but a relationship is made good by mutual nourishment. You can and you will do things throughout the day for yourself. Most of us live in this state anyways, but think about how beautiful this could be. If you wake up with the attitude of, what could I do for this person that I'm in a relationship with today? And what if they wake up with that same attitude? What could I do for this person that I'm in a relationship with today? You'll basically spend the day feeding each other. And so you don't need to panic about giving energy and never getting anything back. If you're in that type of a relationship where you're waking up with the attitude of how you can nourish the other person in the relationship, not only is your relationship itself secure, but you're both being fed. Obviously, some days, more of the energy in a relationship, more of the focus and more of the love will be going towards or be dedicated to one person versus the other person. But in general, this will be a nourishing relationship. From there, this is where it can get really fun. If your partner is willing to commit to this type of a practice as well, every time you go to do something, you can get clear in the relationship about who you are doing it for. So let's say you're on your way to therapy. Who are we going to therapy for? Is it for the third party of the relationship? Is it for one person or for the other person? If you're going to a specific restaurant, who is that for? It could be for both of you. We don't know. 
The point is to have a conversation about it. And based off of what you find out, where one person's mind is about who it's for versus another person's, do we need to make changes? Do we even want to go at all? Those are the types of questions that need to start happening as a result of asking yourself where the flow of energy is going when we are both doing this particular activity. Either way, we can consciously see where our energy is flowing so as to create the most harmonious and mutually nourishing relationship possible. So try this exercise out, you guys. I can't tell you how many issues in relationships this practice dissipates if we have the bravery to actually admit to what we feel like we're doing for the other person and to have the bravery to witness them <laughs> telling us whether that's actually accurate or not. Awesome stuff. I swear to God, just try it out for yourself. Okay, have a good week. I love you guys.